Welcome, everyone, to a Mexican and a redneck father of the world. We are your hosts and surrogate fathers, Juan and Ben. Today, we will continue our interview with Will. This is part three, which is awesome because we officially have our first trilogy. High fives around the room. Um, in the first episode, we got to know Will. So go back and listen to that if you haven't, because it's it's awesome. And he, he kind of talks about who he is, where he came from. And, and some of his perspectives as a man and a father. In the second episode, we, we talked about the foundations of his marriage, dating, some more of his history before marriage, and then his early marriage years. And now we've worked our way up to the climactic. I don't know if it's the ending or not. We might do another episode, but it's getting pretty climactic and I'm excited. And so we're going to work up to Will and his wife actually having a special needs child. And you have this marriage, things are going good, you get pregnant with your first child, that's always exciting for everybody, but then you find out, oh no, there's a problem. And now your child is born, and now you have this special needs child that you said weighed three pounds? Correct. That's, that's small, brother. Teeny tiny. So start with that, when your child was born, and I mean, because... Hmm. How was that? Did he get to hold her? Tell me that experience. Hmm. So the other interesting part of the story that we don't have time for um, was that while while Amelia was ha- was having problems with her development, my dad had been diagnosed with uh, terminal esophageal cancer, and um, while basically when Amelia was born, my dad got to hold her, his only and first and only granddaughter, two days before he passed away. So that wow. was kind of an amazing blessing, actually. And so, so yeah, so we were, we brought home a little three-pound um, Amelia. And I don't know if we really talked about um, all the challenges that she, challenges that she had, uh, but she is deaf. She's nonverbal. Um, she's also got cerebral palsy, so she can't, um, you know, doesn't have good motor control. So she spends a lot of time in a wheelchair, but she can walk with help, but it's not, not safe totally. Um, but basically, you know, all of our life became, she became the center of this. Like, this is why we're here to take care of, um, this, this, this precious life. And so in a way it really unified, it really unified us. I think, you know, I will not know until we get to heaven in glory. I get to ask our father directly, but I just, I really feel like, you know, this for, for us, this was God's plan, you know, um, that, that this was part of our story. So, so, um, so I think we really needed, I hate to say that, but we needed this to happen to, for me to get through a lot of my, hangups and pain and, and, and immaturity from, from not growing up with a, a good, you know, family situation. And that's, that's amazing to me. That's, that's the perspective. If, if no one else, if you listen to this episode and you get nothing else from that, what you're saying, what now right now is the reason I ask you to come and, and be here and, and, and do this podcast with us because that perspective of knowing good and well, that although where the world and some people might see this as a 
a hurdle, an inconvenience, an issue, you're seeing your daughter Amelia and you're like, this is the best thing in my life. This or one of the best things. I mean, you have other children too. We, we love them as well. They're all great. But this is one of the best things in my life. And, and her being a part of my life was very much a needed part of my journey. Like that's what I'm hearing you say. And that's what I've observed. Absolutely. I wouldn't, you all wouldn't want to know, uh, the will who didn't have Amelia. I don't think you'd want to know that guy. I'm glad you don't have to know that guy. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you took it so well, will, because there is this, especially in in the age that we live now to where a, a special needs child can be seen as an inconvenience. There's a big movement to where like all preventative health care and the woman's choice and all this crap, mm-hmm. you know, but the thing that's so beautiful about your story is that you stepped out on faith. The Lord said, this is your daughter. I am trusting. I am trusting my child with you. Show me what you're going to do with her. And then you stepped up and you've per, you've become that good soil for her. And to where she's able to thrive and have the best life that she can have. So that when she gets back to heaven and daddy God says, how was it down there? She's going to be like, oh, it was amazing. I can't wait to hear her first words. That's that I'm excited about heaven. But that's what I'm really excited about, too, is is to get to hear her first words. And I. I tell that's part of my testimony is I cannot wait to tell Amelia where she can actually hear me and respond back when I get to when I get to thank her because she has shown us God's grace because it's not always been easy and it's not easy. Um, you know, there are there have been days where, you know, we get frustrated with her. Every every parent that has a special needs child gets frustrated. Heck, we get I get frustrated <laughs> with my regular yeah. kids. What are you talking oh, about? And it's doubly it's doubly bad when it's a special needs child who is totally dependent on you, you know. And uh, tell us about that. How was that experience? Because I, I for me, I'm, I'm the oldest of six. So when I got married, I, I told my I was like, look, you know, when it comes to kids, I got it. I'm good. You know, I'm, I basically helped raise my, my uh, parents' kids. You know, I'm like, I was the third parent, but and she was like, okay, whatever. And then, you know, we got to the hospital. I'm like, I'm swaddling and holding and feeding. She's like, oh, wow, you do have it. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. But then like the emotion of like, you know, changing the diapers and being tired and like serving them having foot. And it's like with, with my kids, I knew there was an end point, but with your daughter, it's like, it hasn't ended, has it? No, and it won't. Yeah. So yeah, she'll be with us for her whole life and we can expect her to have a, a shortened lifespan, but, uh, you know, um, but anybody that's come to know her, you know, if I could tell you something about her, she, she smiles more than anybody I know, except my wife. So I know where she gets that smile from. Um, but she, but just the unconditional love that, that flows through this child, you know, Oh, I got to brag on her. So our daughters danced together at uh, at the dance studio. And when we started, we didn't know that there was even a special needs opportunity at the dance studio. And so we we see the recital. And, and all I'm seeing is the little girls that my daughter is dancing with. And then we get to the recital and they bring out all the students. 
and we see her and she comes out and we see the whole special needs community. Then we see the little ones and we're just the smiles and joy. Like that's, that's what people talk about is, is almost unanimously. It's the littles, the little tiny, like three and four year old ballerinas who are just complete and total herd of cats chaos. And then the special needs children, because you're not going to see joy like that anywhere else because they're on stage you know they've worked for it they've made it to this point and just they're all smiles they're so happy it's it's incredible it, it is the most unbelievable sight in the best ways possible you know it just it just the kind of um joy flies in the face of like you know what our world tries to promote you know as as you know things that like the, that those lives aren't valuable, you know, like they're a burden, you know, um, there are, I feel our world is, world is going to a darker and darker place. And when we're called to be salt and light, that's what it looks like, mm-hmm. you know, is, uh, the, I, th- I think about the verse that says, you know, that the, you know, God's ways are not like our ways, you know, to our, to us, to, to us, it's, it may look like foolishness. Like to have a special needs child may look like it's going to look like foolishness to a lot of people, but to some others, it's going to be a testament to to God, really. So l- let me ask you this: When you get married, I've always had the viewpoint that marriage reveals to you how selfish you are. Absolutely, having kids shows you how angry you are. You've already <laughs> stated yes that you had anger issues. Yes. How did you deal with that? Because I can speak from my personal experience dealing with my kids. My kids have made me so angry for no, and, and it's, and I know it's my heavenly father teaching me a lesson because it's like, he's like, that's you to me. But how, tell me, and, and you said, and you made the statement that we would not want to meet the will before her. So give us an example of, of, uh, of what, what, what this revealed to you. Hmm. I guess, um, you know, when we're hurting, you know, you know, the old adage, hurting people hurt other people, you know, and that's just so true. And unfortunately, um, we are all born hurt by our own sin, by the sinners who gave birth to us and raised us. (laughs) Um, you know, it's, it's, it's inevitable. And, uh, I guess I'm, part of my story is that I'm just, I honestly, you know, and brand, my wife, Brandy will attest to this is that she was more of the brunt of my anger than anybody. And I think, um, so my, to finish my personal testimony, you know, I didn't really find freedom from that anger until I was in my thirties. I, I had reached a point, you know, doing the Christian thing, which I did with all my heart. I totally believed it, but I did not have freedom. Because I always thought that God loved me only because he had to. Mm. He's God. He's love. So therefore, God who is love must love. That doesn't mean that he wants to love me. And it was not a life, you know, changing, heart changing reality in my life. And I finally gave up because I couldn't go on. I was I was dealing with real dark thoughts, you know, you know. Would the world miss me if I, you know, ended, ended it all, you know, would, 
you know, you, you, you get this very, very dark pity party, which is about the most childish thing you can do. But no, um, I've, I finally said, you know, God, I'm going to believe that you love me the way I think it, you, you say you do in your word, even though I don't feel it. Because if you live by our feelings, you're going to be in a bad, bad state. Mm-hmm. Our feelings go all over the place. We need, we need to know, you know, that's why God gave us his word. And literally overnight, <clears throat> when I made that choice, the anger went away. And it was like the curtains opened and the light showed. I mean, really, it was transformative. And and so I think I've been able to spare the worst part of my anger for my kids. And now when they do make me mad, my anger is more like God's anger, I think, where it's like it's because he's angry that he 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 loves us and wants us to make good decisions for our good, you know, um, not that, you know, not to punish us, but, oh, I wish that you would make a better decision, you know, if you trust me, you know, trust me in this. So was there, was there like a, a, a specific moment, a revelation or something that happened that helped you liberate them from that or walk in that freedom? You know, it was just a, um, it was really just a, a faith step. It was a prayer, you know, God, I just, I'm going to believe by faith that you love me the way I, I wish you would. Mm-hmm. Cause that, you know, that's a powerful statement that you meant. I've never thought about it like that. I've never thought about it like that, that God has to love us because he is love. So if he had the choice not to love us, he would actually choose not to. That's powerful. Uh, you know, there might be many people out there in the world thinking about that. Um, but for, to be freed from that and knowing that God is love, but he made the choice. He made the choice to love us. We can get bigger than that. Even I, I'm going with, uh, going through this, uh, this, um, Bible study, you know, doctrinal study with my daughter. This is her, 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 her theology class. And, and we were learning about God as love. And it, it really hit me this year. You know, you know how we find the Trinity kind of hard to wrap our brain around father, son, and spirit, God in three persons, but one, three and one. And it really hit me this year. It's like, um, studying this is like, if God is love, love is it really fully love if it's not shared with another Mm -hmm. that's heavy man (laughs) and so in a way in a way god has to be more you know more than one he has Mm -hmm. to be three persons or however he decides to reveal himself but he had to be in this case you know we we understand three and one because he shares perfect love within himself it has to be shared within with with the with the three persons with the trinity yeah. the trinity mm-hmm. so so anyway so it's it's not that he has to love us it's he 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 wants to god loved us enough to send his son to die for us that that he could share that love with us and so that was that was life changing so another question that i have for you if i can ask you another question Absolutely. unless you have a question ben no, man, you're doing great. Um, I'm enjoying this. <laughs> Tell me about the connection between you and your daughter. As a father, I, I know I had the experience when my wife was pregnant. I knew that she was a mom because she was feeling everything. But I was like, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm the dad because I participated. I mean, it was really fun when we were doing it, and now something's growing. So, you know, it's like, I guess I'm the dad. But then... When I finally was able to hold my child, 
and see her and experience her and feel her. And it's like that, that, at that point, it became real. Like, wow, I'm, I'm her dad. Did you, how was that for you? How was that connection for you? Because it's one thing, you made the statement earlier that because of your faith, because of your principles, because of the foundation that you had established, you knew you've already decided that we're keeping this child. That, that's been said. But then when you add love into the mix, when you see yourself in the child, so it's not, you're not just doing it out of principle, but you're doing it because you're preserving, you're, you're saving yourself because she's an extension of you. Can you God, talk about that? God lets us in again, in our relationship with the church, we get to experience um, what it's like to, to have, you know, Jesus redeem us. He's redeeming his bride, the church. We get to be part of that bride that's being redeemed. God lets us, exp- God shares so much with us. He, he's so good to us, we can't even comprehend. And then, and, then, and, and then having a child, God lets us create a life. That is that comes from this union of a man and a woman that would not be here. It's not. And then and then now this child is here. Um, that's just amazing. And that glorifies him, I think, when we when we that's that's the purpose. Uh, if you read Malachi, you know, you what you know God's word says that the purpose of marriage is godly offspring. And so we are we are pleasing the Lord. Um, it's not it's not just about pleasing ourselves, or it's it's we are doing something bigger than ourselves. It's glorious, and we get to be part of that. And so when you're holding that child, it's like you have that moment of oh, this is real. This is on me. I know that feeling you're talking about. <laughs> I think most men actually get that because I've heard it from guys who are really good dads or really not so good dads. There's this thing where this child comes out and you're like, Oh my goodness. I, you know, I got with my, my girl, my wife, whoever it may have been. And then she grew this child and she's done this miraculous and incredible thing of carrying this child for nine months. And then it's born. She goes through that whole process, which is really intense and incredible all at the same time. And then this child comes out and you're holding it in your hands. And you're like, whoa, this is 100% on me and her. <laughs> like, no, I mean, I guess, yeah, it, the child could become a ward of the state, but you realize the gravity of this is on me. This is my responsibility. And, and as you were talking, one thing that just really clicked for me because I've always wondered why, why do you have these feelings? Because we, we've said before and we strongly believe that feelings are great indicators. They're not good leaders. And as you said so well, the word we believe is the leader. And that's, that is the absolute end all be all truth. And I've always wondered, but why is this feeling so real? Because some feelings are more real than the reality. You feel like you're in at times in other situations. And I realize when you're holding that child for the first time and you you realize I met with this woman, we had this child, I'm holding it in my hands. You realize I actually got to be a part of creation. When you, you know, you're getting to be a part of the creation story when you get married, when you have this child. 
And it, it's an incredible thing for me right now to finally actually get to realize is, oh my goodness. Yeah, I do believe God created the world, but now I'm a part of a story that keeps getting told. Mm-hmm. And it's just as beautiful, whether it's a normally developing child or a special needs child. I mean, every child is the image of God mm-hmm. that he allowed us to bring into this world. It's just amazing. You know, and that's a, that's a beautiful principle. And that's something that I, I mean, I just, I think your story is so beautiful because of that, because if you are a believer in our heavenly father, then you got to believe that that statement is true, that he said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. So therefore your daughter is made in the image and likeness of, of God. And, um, and then that's just, that's just a beautiful thing. And then I'm, I remember for me, the experience of holding my children, I had this revelation from, from my heavenly father where he reminded me, you're not the dad. I'm the dad. I'm the father. You're simply participating in fatherhood so you can get to know me better. And it's in its experiences. It's another level of being close to him, understanding his love. And I know for me, even as a, as a, as a father now, I understand my dad so much more. I understand life so much more. I understand myself so much more. And I'm like, man, it's like if I had only listened more, if I had only been more aware of this, like why didn't somebody try to tell me? It's like, well, people try to tell you. It's just unfortunately it's an experience that you have to go through. It's not, you know, it's just, just like marriage. You know, everybody knows how to be married until they get married. Everybody knows how to have kids until they have kids. You know, everybody's an expert until they start doing the thing, you know? So, exactly. um, and that's the thing. But uh, any final thought before we close up? You know, Ben, you said something about, you know, you're responsible for this child, you know, and I'm just thinking about that's like the encouragement I would give everybody is, you know, all of us, men, women, moms, dads, you know, we are more concerned about our ability rather than our responsibility. I think I think a lot of people that don't have that faith is they they use their lack of ability as an excuse to not take responsibility. But, uh, but, but my encouragement to everybody is like, you know, when we do the right thing, we take responsibility. God will supply the ability. God will give us what we need. Even if we're not sure that we're equipped to do it, he's faithful and he'll honor that. Man, well, that's a, that's a, Man, that's a beautiful point. And with that being said, guys, I want to thank everybody for listening to a Mexican and a Redneck Follow the World. We're your hosts and surrogate fathers, Juan and Ben.